This is another edition of the 12 Round News Podcast. Hi again, everybody. My name is Rick Evans, and I am your host for what is going to be a very special edition of the show. You're going to hear my interview with a former world champion who was also a star of the first season of the reality show hit The Contender. His name is Steve Two Pound Forbes. He is on the comeback trail April 6th in Clackamas, Oregon, against rugged journeyman Tavares Teague. You're going to hear his thoughts on his return, the up-and-coming prospects on the undercard, and we'll even have some fun with some hypothetical fantasy fights towards the end of the interview. So you want to stay tuned for that to be sure. So before we get going into the interview, though, I want to take a quick stroll through the world of boxing. You know, a lot a lot has happened since the last time um, we did a show for the podcast. Uh, most notably, Errol Spence Jr. proved that he's as about as good as it gets right now in the sport of boxing. He had a one-sided beatdown of a fellow pound fellow pound for pounder, a top ten pound for pounder and Mikey Garcia. Uh, the fight was on pay-per-view, which I th- thought was gonna be a very interesting test to see the the drawing power of both guys. They're not in my opinion, that it's not, I didn't quite know if right now is the good, the best time to put them on pay-per-view with some of the other, um, the streaming service, the networking opportunities, the ESPN opportunities. When I saw that that fight was going to be on pay-per-view, I, uh, I, I was a little, I don't want to say concerned, but I thought it was going to be a bit of a challenge to see how the fight did on pay-per-view. Um, so far, early reports have the amount of buys at about 360,000 buys, and that's at $75 a pop. So industry experts, the cable companies, I'm sure different boxing writers, different boxing personalities will have their opinion about 360,000 360, buys. I mean, when I think if somebody breaks 500,000, that's one thing. If you break a million, that means you're, you're at that superstar level. Um, Floyd Mayweather kind of a crushed all of those numbers and Mayweather Pacquiao certainly crushed all those numbers but you know 360,000 I think is a respectable number I think it's and particularly at $75 a pop you know I can remember being a young a young fight fan uh back in the late 90s and you know having fights that were $25 $30 and then when uh when Mike Tyson would come along that was $50 a pop so and that was a special occasion right because I mean it was Iron Mike 50 bucks you gotta get Iron Mike $75 a pop now seems to be the standard for what folks will need to pay for on standard pay-per-view be it um, Showtime I mean HBO is out of the business now but $75 a pop 360,000 buys that's very good money for a first time down the pay-per-view angle for both Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia so um, good to see that at, at that price point again I was a little bit concerned but um, it's nice to see that the word got out I'm sure uh, uh, the folks at ESPN uh, who I, well, when I say ESPN, I know Errol Spence seems to come up every time that ESPN does a boxing show, either Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith. It seems like Errol Spence is certainly getting attention, so I'm glad to see that that's working out very well for, for young Spence because Errol Spence Jr. is the goods. Um, will we ever get to see him take the next step up in terms of fighting someone like a Terrence Crawford? You know, the business of boxing, we, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I really think that. 
you know, that was a very good showing all the way around for Errol Spence, and Mikey Garcia took a, you know, took a decent-sized risk in coming up to, to fight Spence, and it didn't work out so well, but I don't think his stock falls hardly at all. He, he gave it his best and will certainly be back in, in big fights down the line. So, um... Moving on a little bit, kind of going to a local show, um, those of you who follow our Twitter feed saw that we had coverage of Roy Jones uh, Roy Jones Jr. promotions in Yakima at the Yakima Nation Legends Casino. Um, the show was sold out and was carried on the uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship, the UFC Fight Pass for, for a streaming service and really provided great action throughout. Um, there was, uh, there, I'll say off the top of my head, there were seven seven or eight fights on the show um everybody except the main event was a four-rounder but the but the folks that were showcased they were all all from the washington oregon idaho area they all really had a they, they brought it nobody was really sitting back and 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 taking their time on anything i guess in four rounds you got to make your money you got to go out there and get after it but really entertaining fights throughout um the main event was the 10-rounder with Ray Jimenez and Luis Alberto Lopez for the WBO International Featherweight title. And other than, you know, my typical rants on sanctioning bodies and how many belts and all that other fun stuff, it was a really, it was a great scrap. Uh, Jimenez uh, is from Texas and came out in Washington State wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey. And that instantly made him the quintessential heel the bad guy with the with the crowd of, with a crowd full of Seahawks fans um that did that may not have been the greatest of things um in terms of getting the crowd on his side uh the crowd was solidly in Lopez's corner throughout the contest uh back and forth Jimenez was the aggressor Lopez um but he wasn't necessarily the most effective aggressor but Lopez came out and did very well for his part and was um seemed to be pulling away kind of getting towards the end at the toward at the end of the eighth going into the ninth the fight was stopped uh when the fighters were in the corners due to a cut on Jimenez and um I was ringside for that fight and I did not see the referee signal that the that the cut was caused by a headbutt if I missed it I missed it you know that that could happen but um I thought the fight the the fight was stopped due to a uh, a punch you know the cut and it was off of a punch Turns out that was not the case. Turns out that it was off of a, uh, the accidental headbutt. So the fight went to the scorecards where um, Lopez was awarded a unanimous decision after eight rounds completed. Um, a really, really good night. And just, you know, I'm, I'm based in Washington State and have attended uh, fights at the Accommodation Casino before. Um, the likes of Roberto Duran, Verno Phillips, Emmanuel Augustus have all fought at the Accommodation Casino um, in the last decade or two. It's, it's kind of going back to about the year 2000 or so, I think, for for Duran. And it was great to see, you know, some great boxing again in, in just there locally in Yakima. It was a it was a great showing. The, the crowd was sold out. They were buzzing. Roy Jones was there sitting in the front row. Um, shout out to the managerial team there with all the folks at uh, Roy Jones Jr. Promotions. They put on a great show. Um, I, and anybody who's listened to this podcast before knows that 
nobody, like my, everybody has that guy where they say, oh, for box, this is my guy for sports. This is my, this is my dude coming up. Roy was that guy for me. So I got the chance to come, go over and say hi and get a photo. And you know, the fan in me just absolutely loved that. So that was really, really neat. Um, and a lot of other people had that same experience. Roy seemed to be signing autographs and taking pictures with a lot of people. It made a lot of people very, very happy there in Yakima. And rumor has it that Roy Jones Jr. Promotions may be back somewhere down the road here in Yakima. So, um, it'll be a great opportunity for some additional fights uh, in Yakima, Washington with uh, Roy Jones Jr. Boxing Promotions and boy, I sure hope they put this Luis Alberto Lopez back on the card I think he he uh, really established himself as somebody that the fans that came out the first time would certainly want to come out and support him again because they were riled up they loved the fact that he won that fight everybody stopped and took pictures with him, he, it was a fun, fun night for a lot, a lot of people there, so Great things there in Washington State. You know, the spring and summer months, so I'm going to transition out again. We're going to, we're going to talk a little bit kind of about what's coming up now for boxing. And, you know, the spring and summer months, we're going to get some pretty good action. You know, we have Canelo fighting again, fighting Danny Jacobs, Cinco de Mayo weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, AJ, Anthony Joshua's fighting again. In June, Deontay Wilder is going to have one coming up here as well. So we have the kind of the big marquee names. We're all going to be doing things here in the next two, three, four months. And there was uh, also news that Gennady Golovkin, good old Triple G, has joined the likes of AJ and arch rival, his nemesis, Canelo Alvarez on DAZN, D-A-Z-N, DAZN. And you know this likely will clear the way for, I, I'll say September, we'll see what happens, but I think a September trilogy fight with uh, Triple G and Canelo. So the great thing about it being on DAZN is it only costs the public $19.99 rather than the $75.00 that we had to pay for the first two fights. So that's great. But now if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Rick, why'd you say 1999? Isn't it 999? I thought it's 10 bucks a month. I'm paying $10 a month for DAZN. Well, I got something to tell you about that. So DAZN has signed a lot of their fighters to a lot of money. A lot of these guys are going to be making millions and millions of dollars from their partnership with DAZN and it's understandable that DAZN needs some additional money to start paying these contracts so they have decided to inc- to double the cost of the subscription so instead of $9.99 a month we are going up to $19.99 a month now I, I, I checked social media for a little while on this I was curious because when I saw that I, I thought uh oh I thought DAZN has overspent they need some revenue. Um, that may or may not be the case. I'm sure they are backed up by some pretty wealthy folks. I don't particularly think that's a dire situation, a dire problem. But, you know, if you have all this content and you're paying astronomical amounts of money to folks like Canelo and AJ, you kind of need, you're going to need that additional revenue. So with that, I mean, there's going to be a, a point there where you where I mean, I think most folks... Somebody can, I mean, I'm sure there's statistics out there on it, but a lot of folks checked out DAZN when, uh, maybe when AJ fought Alexander Povetkin, um, and it was $9.99 a month. You say, okay, 10 bucks. I'll watch AJ. Great. That's, uh, that's awesome. This will be great. Then as soon as the fight's over, you go, okay, I'm done. Turned it off and canceled. There was 10 bucks. You're thinking 10 bucks is a lot better than 75 bucks for a pay-per-view. So this is great. 
I'm wondering if DAZN is counting on that. If they're counting on folks that are not going to really sit with them month after month after month, or will they, instead of just going to do one off at a time and go, well, AJ's on 20 bucks, sure. Canelo's fighting Triple G again, 20 bucks? Yeah, you bet. I think that's going to do incredibly well. I think that, that might that's going to test the integrity of DAZN servers. <laughs> I think that's going to be uh, something else on that front. So um, I, I'm hopeful that... You know, DAZN, if you're going to up it to 20 bucks, be very, very careful about how much higher you go. Because we're in a an entertainment point now where everything is on demand, everything is streaming. You know, you have ESPN Plus is five bucks. That's something people can, that that's, you know, don't go to Starbucks one day. You know, that's pretty easy. $20, $20 a month for like over and over and over every month for 12 months boy, I think that's a challenge. I mean, if they're just counting on the one-time hits when you got the big guys on, then that's one thing, and that's certainly going to bring in revenue. But, you know, if you get much higher than $20, I have a hard time thinking a lot of fight fans are going to want to continue to spend 25, 30, 30, whatever that number happens to be. So if we're keeping it at 20, I think it's still going to be successful, in my opinion. But I saw on social media, a lot of folks were not happy with that. So I wanted to touch on it for a little bit. Um, There's also something on there about those who are paying $9.99 a month right now might be having, uh, can be grandfathered in to maintain that price point. I don't know how long you get to stay at that price point, but if you are a subscriber of DAZN, definitely jump on their website and take a look at, um, at everything that's going on there. If you haven't already, um, it's, it'll be worth the time just to take a look and see what your uh, entertainment options will look like here coming up. So now we're going to go to my interview with Steve Forbes. You know, I was able to talk to Steve a few days ago and he was extremely generous with his time. Um, you're going to hear, what he's been up to since the last time he was in the ring, uh, how training's been going for his return here next weekend on April 6th. And as I mentioned, we're going to have a little bit of fun with some hypothetical fantasy fights that Steve gave his opinion on. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Steve Two Pound Forbes. Okay, and we are back, and now joining me by phone is former world champion, former star of the contender, Portland, Oregon's own Steve Two Pound Forbes. Thank you for taking the time joining me tonight, Steve. Uh, no problem. So Steve returns to the ring on April 6th against Tavares Teague at 153 pounds as part of Fight Night 3 Redemption. The card is being held at the Clackamas Armory just outside of Portland. So before we get into your April 6th and your return to the ring, uh, your last fight was October of 2014. What have you been up to since then? Well, you know, uh, a few different things. I I was doing some training. Uh, I actually was in camp with uh, Floyd for uh, Floyd Mayweather for his uh, retirement, first retirement against Andre Berto. And uh, then I've done some work in TV. I've worked on uh, some reality shows. Uh, since I was on The Contender, I became friends with Mark Burnett. So I got a chance to work on nine different shows, um, learn a lot about you know tv and film you know um worked on lucha underground which is a rest and uh kind of wwe type show and and you know um started this promotion thing so you know i've been in the gym and i've always you know been a gym rat kind of always in the in and out of the gym and, and love boxing but i just wasn't fighting 
you know, so that's what I've been up to. Just kind of kind of watching as a fan and, and getting some workouts in myself, but got it. Yeah. Got it. Are, are any TV, are any of the TV shows in the pipeline at the moment? I, I know, I know about Lucha Underground. Is there anything else coming up? Well, I haven't worked on anything late, like lately, but that's, that's, that was the last thing I worked on was Lucha Underground. Got it. And I don't know if they're coming out. We're kind of waiting to see if they come out with a season five, but I haven't, I've worked, the last season I worked on was like, uh, I want to say season two. Okay. But I've been been following the guys and stuff like that and and saw a few of them. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, just been really trying to, trying to get my own thing going on, you know, doing a lot of research about the promotion and, and, and we eventually got started. So this is where, you know, I'm 100% invested in this now. So just be interesting. Understood. Understood. So, is this the the third fight now coming up in the Portland area that you're you're um, that you're promoting? This is the third one. Yes. Got it. Very good. So, looking now to April sixth and the fight. Why did you decide now is the time to come back? Well, I wanted to let my body heal up, and uh, you know, I wanted to kind of kind of watch some fights, and and you know, I thought about coming back like the first show, but you know, it was maybe an impulse. I wanted to see, okay, do I really want to do this again? I got to give myself a goal. What is a goal? What is something that I would, that I could see happening? And, you know, I've always wanted to promote my own self and fight on my own shows. Um, You know, the year I won the championship, I fought eight times that year. And I have the belief that the more busier you are, the better. You know, I I have these weird analogies. the way I look at it is, if I was going into surgery, I would probably be more comfortable dealing with a surgeon that, that does operations quite a bit. No matter what, it, how good the other surgeon is, you know, but if he does only one operation a year, I'm going to be a little bit nervous. But if you got a guy that that's, does a lot of operations throughout the year, he keeps himself sharp, and he, and he gets better and better, I would probably feel comfortable with him. So... That's the thought process I always had in my career. So I said, you know what? If I would, you know, if, if I was to promote myself, I would really be a busy fighter. And the most success I always had was being busy, fighting, you know, four or five times, six times a year, keep myself busy. Not necessarily in, in a meaningful big fights, but sharpening up my skills. So, you know, I was sitting around and uh, we were going to be planning our next show and. You know, I was thinking, you know what? I think I want to get back in there, you know? And, and I gave myself a goal. I said, uh, I don't think there's in, in history, I have never seen a, a smaller fighter uh, come back like me. I won, I won the title, the IBF title in the year 2000. I said to myself, has there ever been a guy that has fought for a championship and won it 20 years later? The only other person I can think of is George Foreman. That's it. 1973, and then, you know, he wins the title, I believe, what, 1994? Uh, Michael Moore. That's that's it. I mean, there's there's never been a small fighter that's done that. And I said, you know what? What if I could position myself to get a crack 
at a you know respect the championship and and be able to do it in my hometown. So that's that's where I will start turning. I said, well, let me let me get in the gym and kind of see how my body feels to see if this is even possible. And you know, we kind of just kept going. I started sparring and training. And, you know, I started feeling good and you know, I, you know, my body feels great. You know, I, I've been able to spar and, and, and train at a fast pace. So I said, you know what, this this is this will be interesting to see if I believe I am as smart as I, I think so. You know, I think I am. As far as boxing, I'm a I am a boxing nerd, so <laughs> I figured I figured, you know what, why not give this thing a try? And and, and I love boxing that much and you know, I think if anybody could pull this off, I could. So here we are. Step, you know, step one. Outstanding. Um so as far as being in a in a camp getting ready for your for the fight um how long have you been how long were your camps maybe before um your hiatus and then kind of what are you doing now have you changed anything up or how long have you been getting ready for this fight well i've probably i would say about what four months at least four months yeah i've been in gym about four months train like sparring and stuff like that um normally uh, training camps would be you know six seven weeks you know um i think when i when i fought oscar oh yeah i did an eight week camp and then i you know i would do eight weeks but this one has been you know longer about four months four and a half months i would say um and it's been cool because it's been i've been able to see things gradually and being being an older fighter i understand you know i have to change some things up like i i can't spar the way up until you know four days before so i don't i don't do that anymore but you know i may take a a a few days less than you know i I wouldn't spar as 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 close up to a fight i take a few days off before you know the actual competition so yeah i'm done sparring now and you know one thing I like to do, I like to end with the on a good day. I did a good, you know, seven rounds, which my fight is scheduled for seven with, you know, different guys, fresh guys, and that was good. And I think we 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 liked the way that that looked. So you know what, we're gonna stop it there. This is how we want to end this sparring, you know. And so yeah, I've changed a few things up. Not as, uh, you know, when you're younger, you can kind of pound your legs and stuff like that by doing a lot of running i do a lot more riding of bikes biking i mean i still do a lot of running but a lot of bike riding uh, running grass and not really so you know on the hard concrete just little little small things that can help help you out you know sure sure very good um now, looking at your opponent, Tavares Teague, um, have you studied much film on him? Have you been, do you, do you know, I mean, what, what what can you tell us about, about Teague? Well, I'll say, you know, he's he's um, durable. He's a durable guy. He, you know, he has a lot of experience, you know, and, 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 and you know, he, he didn't win a lot of those fights, but he, I have seen him upset, you know, a couple, a few guys, and, and you know, he's had, uh, one fight that was a draw with it with an undefeated prospect, which many people that I've talked to thought he won that fight. He's tall and rangy, you know. He'll he'll definitely try, and I, you know I think it's at this stage of me coming back after fight 
you know, I fought tough competition after tough competition, you know, basically, you know, ranked guys, tough guys, former champions, future champions. So, you know, I, I think this will kind of show me, you know, what I can do at this stage right now. You know, I've got a guy with some experience and, and you know, I want to be smart and, and make sure that I'm, you know, doing coming back the right way. And uh, each each fight will get better and better. You know, each each opponent, each person I pursue without looking past Teague, um, each person I step into that ring with will, will be a better, a better, better fighter. So, so and, and looking at, at kind of his his build, his ta- you know the proverbial tail of the tape. He's thirty one. He's five foot ten. He's seventy five and a half inch reach. So he's a bigger junior middleweight. He's kind of a, he's a big oh, yeah. guy for this weight class. Is that strategy wise for you? Um, is that going to? I mean, how how would that that impact kind of what your game plan is for for the six? Well, I've always fought bigger guys. You know, I've been sparring with a lot of bigger guys in the gym. But yeah, I've always, even as an amateur, I would always jump up weights. I was a 132-pounder. I would fight junior middleweights in the amateurs. A lot of people didn't know that because I couldn't get fights, so I would jump up and fight the bigger guys. And so, yeah, no, this is, um, as far as him being a bigger guy, that 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 is kind of what I was looking at, looking for, too, because, you know, I'll be able to test my strength to see, you know, how strong I've gotten, um, you know, his height and reach, you know, is, is is a little bit of a puzzle for me to solve and see what I can do with that. So I give myself, along with you know his experience, I give myself other little little obstacle obstacles to try to you know overcome. And I said, you know, here's one obstacle that that'll be interesting. He has long reach. He's a tall guy. He's gonna try to keep me on the outside. I gotta. You know, get get in get in close. And most people know me as being a counter puncher, boxer kind of mover. Or and so now I have to be a little bit more aggressive. And that's another thing that some people haven't seen from me. And you know, so so people see a little bit of different kind of a different style uh, for me. And and I think it's it'll be good. It'll be interesting. Very, very good. So, um, looking at the undercard for next Saturday, um, there's a four-fight undercard, and one of the fighters that jumped out to me was Victor El Tornado Morales Jr. of Vancouver. He's 10-0, six knockouts. Um, what can you share about Victor and some of the other uh, the other fighters that are on the card? Well, Victor, you know, he's, he's a guy that, that's doing the right thing. You know, he's... He goes uh, and gets some great sparring with some uh, uh, former world champions out in California. He'll go out there for training camps. And, uh, you know, he's always been a, a really good, you know, kid. You know, I've always looked at him as a kid. Plus, you know, what can you say? He has a, a poster of me in his uh, room. So <laughs> I, I have to like him for that. <laughs> that <laughs> so, doesn't but, hurt. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't hurt at all. But, no, he, he's a good prospect. He's really, uh, you know, he wants to fight. Like he, you get some guys that, you know, they they, I kind of find this more and more like in these days, in this era and time of of boxers. A lot of these guys want to build their careers up. They don't want to fight tough competition. Victor's different. He he wants to fight. 
he wants to challenge himself with better opposition and, and tougher guys. And you know, I think he has a he has a a, a decent little scrap. You know, coming up with with the guy he's fighting, Marcelo. Uh, Marcelo's what record is seven to four, but this guy is is from from everything I've heard, this guy can fight, and I know his trainer has a lot of guys that can fight from that gym. So, and Victor said, no, give me, I, I want a tough guy, I want a guy that is going to challenge me, and and I want to see what I can do. And so with Victor, man, I, I'm I'm really excited just to see him fight because. He's one of those guys that he enjoys boxing. He enjoys getting in there and fighting. So, and you know he's a undefeated kid. You know he's he's from the northwest here. You know the the Vancouver uh, area where he boxed in, in the same one of the same gyms I boxed at when I was a kid. West Portland Boxing Club. You know I boxed there when I was about fifteen. Uh, after starting my boxing career at Nash Street boxing club Matt Dishman Community Center but yeah so so Victor you know I'm, I'm really excited to see him uh, also we got Lorenzo Caldera from Portland Oregon I started boxing uh, with his uncle and his dad was a coach so Lorenzo's making his pro debut he's an excellent little southpaw boxer he's been giving me a lot of sparring in the gym also very tall very good you know, over 100 and something amateur fights. So, you know, and, and you know, we got a nice, a nice little, little uh, card, you know. And one of my other uh, guys that I like, Daquan uh, Wyatt from Las Vegas is coming here. He's 2-0 with two knockouts. He, uh, one of my buddies in, in Las Vegas is his manager. And so we get a chance to see him. Uh, perform up here also he's in with the tough guy although the guy's record is not the best but this guy comes to fight so and then last we have uh, Blaywise Eagle Pipe and, and we're looking you know to see him fight he, he has he's popular he has a big following and uh, he loves boxing as well he's from Salem and you know he, he's, he's a native uh, native kid and you know he 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 has big, big crowds, and they and they love to see him box. So it, it should be interesting. You know, it's gonna be fun, and I, and I'm I'm excited to be kind of you know fight along the alongside these guys. Absolutely, it sounds like it's gonna be a, a, a great night. It sounds like a lot of up and coming uh, talent here in the uh, in the Pacific Northwest, and then getting to see the comeback of a world champion. It's a good night of action down there in uh, Clackamas. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, providing everything, go- and not to look past uh, Teague, but providing everything uh, goes the way you want on April 6th, you mentioned you'll you'll hope to kind of keep a, a busy schedule and, and keep keep fighting for a while and uh, with the goal, ultimately, of, of getting back into title contention and winning a, a world championship. But um, my question is, how often would that schedule be? How often do you think you might be back in the ring after, if everything goes the way you want? Uh, I would time? say every three months or so, you know, I would hope... Um Maybe it would come back early August. You know, that's what we're looking at. Like, so we'd go through April, May, June, July. We'll let that go by and then come back, like, the first week of August. And then again, you know, a few months after that, you know, 
October, no uh, November again, just to kind of stay busy. Plus, it, it keeps, you know, keeps different. We got so many fighters wanting to fight, you know, in the Portland metro area as well. So, I mean, we'll get to showcase a lot of different, a lot of different boxers too. So, you know, I won't be the, the only kind of only one scene. It will be a lot of different guys and, and even females that some of my friends are, you know, female world champions that want to come and fight. So we'll try to do, you know, give give fans out here some some boxing where, you know, it's been a while. So, you know, you get, get some people that come through and perform, come and fight. So. Excellent. Good, good, good. Um, so now, just to, to change gears, gears now, just for a minute. Um, one of the things for the podcast and the website and social media that I'm that we're making a fixture is to talk about the um, the the historical fights, the era of you know who would win, the guy from the seventies or the guy from the nineties, and, and the the barbershop talk of who's the best and 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 um, who would win. So I have four fights that I would love to to ask you about and get your thoughts on who you think would win each of those fights okay all right so (laughs) (laughs) so the first fight at lightweight both at their best roberto duran and pernell whitaker oh oh okay uh man I, I, i like both guys you know I, I think this, you know what, to be honest, I will say, I will say this, and I think this kind of saves me a bit, regardless of whatever way I go. I think this would have to be a trilogy. Because I can, I can see, I can see Pernell, I can see him boxing well, possibly winning one of the fights. But I can see Duran, man. Duran was just, the way he pushed around Ray Leonard and... and as a Walter weight, you know, moving up from lightweight, I would maybe favor Duran. Yeah, I, I, I would, but I could see, you know, uh, uh, kind of a overconfident in the rematch. Duran get outboxed, but I would have to say possibly Duran. I, I just think his, you know, he was he was a madman in there, especially at lightweight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean Esteban de Jesus. Was able to, to to kind of kind of find a way to, to, to solve the puzzle, but I, but I think they had a rematch and he, and he just crushed him. So you know, I would I would probably say Duran. I mean, it it would be interesting. Perfect. But if but if you were to if you were to ask me right on the spot, I would say as and as much as I love Pernell Whitaker. Probably Durant because Durant could box too. He could box. He could brawl. He had good defense. You know, he, he was he was a little he was tricky. Got it. All right. Now next at welterweight, Floyd Mayweather and the Hitman Tommy Hearns. Oh. <laughs> you know, I honestly at, at welterweight, Floyd is a small welterweight. I would probably favor the hitman most likely the hitman i mean with that six foot frame that right hand if he hits you with that right hand you know it's it's ice cold and you know you have to be style wise i could just 
But I mean, Floyd seems to, to solve puzzles, man. I mean, he, but but there has been nobody like Tommy Hearns, you know, that I've seen Mayweather face. Not not like that. Not a good rangy, tall, you know, firepower puncher. I, I would I would have to say the the hitman. And Floyd is my friend, but I, I would have to to go with 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 the hitman. Got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so next middleweight, we would go Marvin Hagler, Bernard Hopkins. Oh, I, I have to go with the marvelous one. I, I think, you know, Hagler was such a machine. I think his punch output would have probably been a little bit much for Hopkins. Although Hopkins can find ways to, to be, you know, tricky. But I, I just think, you know, I, I, this is what I believe. I believe... Bernard Hopkins kind of found some some things about Hagler that he liked. Like one thing Hagler would do, like he would kind of hit you on the hip. If the referee was on one side, he would use the other hand to hit you on the hip. Bernard Hopkins kind of stole that from Marvin. He said he would watch him do that. I think Hagler had a lot of tools. He had, you know, he was a master boxer. He could switch righty, lefty. I would have to say Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler. Got it. And now, last one, circa 2003, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones at heavyweight. Oh, no, I, Mike Tyson. I I, I got to go with Mike. I think Roy, you know, the Roy that beat Ruiz was, was looked really good. But I think once Mike hits him, because I, I think he would, at some point he would hit him. I have to go with Tyson. If he tags him, that's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So as we wrap up, uh, where can folks find you online, social media, uh, if they wanted to follow you? Um, what, where, where would that be? Uh, you can find, uh, check me out on, uh, what is my, it's Steve Forbes, right? I got Steve Forbes. I got, uh, then we have a uh, two-pound sports and entertainment uh, page. And also, uh, I am on Twitter. It's uh, at 2LB Forbes. So at 2 Pound Forbes. And Instagram, uh, Steve 2 Pound. Perfect. Now, anything else for your fans before we close? Uh, you know, just tune in, and, and our fight will be uh, shown a little bit later, uh, probably maybe a few hours after. after you know the show is it will be we have a youtube uh two pound sports on youtube we'll, we'll show the fights and we'll have some commentary with uh patrick connor and karen tate uh talking about the fight so uh subscribe and and you know watch watch the fights we'll be putting up a lot more content i think we're gonna really push this year to try to get a lot of different things some different interviews from different people even some special interviews with let's say freddie roach and, and different people so yep they can they can find us on uh on our youtube channel two pound sports uh and you can all you'll you'll be able to see our shows Alrighty, Steve Forbes, ladies and gentlemen, back in the ring April 6th at the Clackamas Armory. Tickets on sale at TicketTomato.com. I'll have links all over our social media and visit 2poundsports.com for more on Steve as well. Steve, good luck, and I will see you next week. Thank you. Alrighty. There you have it. 
a big thank you to Steve and his partner, Christina Lundsman, for allowing me the opportunity to, to spend a little time and chat with them. Um, I think the fans in Portland are going to have a heck of a night on on, uh, on April 6th. I think it's going to be a real treat being able to go to that show. And I say Portland Clackamas is kind of a suburb of Portland. So in the neighborhood, if you're in Portland and you can hear this, definitely check this out on April 6th. Clackamas Armory. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. You heard about not only Steve's fight, but the prospects and the and the folks on the way and the fighters on the way up that'll uh, be a part of a, a really fun night there at the Armory. So if you're in the area, um, definitely come on down. Even if you're up there in the Seattle area, that drive's not too bad. Just come on down and come see them. So um, it was great to hear that it's all that the uh, all the fights are going to also be on YouTube and with some commentary and and uh, an opportunity to get that. Uh, get a little extra showcase for some of these folks and I'll be sharing everything that I can um, trying to help spread the word uh, through social media for everything with the fight so um, the fantasy fights that we spoke about Duran Whitaker, Mayweather Hearns, Hagler Hopkins and Tyson Jones are are going to be the same four fights that I'm going to bring up to everybody excuse me so when I when we first started the podcast, I said one of my favorite things to do with my father and my friends and my and other fight fans is to have those debates. All these guys throughout history, and I didn't want to go with the same fight like Ali Tyson. Everybody talks about Ali Tyson, all that stuff, like that barbershop scene at uh, um, uh, what was it? I think it was Coming to America. Anyway, somebody will correct me on that if I got the got the movie wrong there, but you know, the. Uh, who would beat who? And and I didn't want to just go with the same one everybody talks about, so I tried to vary it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to ask everybody that we that I talk to for these interviews, everybody who um, I'm able to contact with and, and provide to you either through social media or through um, this podcast, I'm going to kind of get a, a, a summation of the, at least these four, and then we'll get it on a website, and we'll, we'll have some fun with it that way to see if we can come up with a consensus. I mean, there is never a right or wrong answer because we will never see Floyd Mayweather fight Tommy the Hitman Hearns. So it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to keeping that up, and I hope you guys who hear this see it on social media. I want to hear from you, too. I want to hear exactly who, who do you think would have won those fights. And if there's other big-time fights you want to hear, if you want to uh, have as part of that debate, let me know. Um, hashtag 12 Round News. Uh, we'll try to get, we'll, we'll make it fun, but we'll stick to those four fights. So it'll be Duran Whitaker, Mayweather Hearns, Hagler Hopkins, and Tyson Roy Jones from 2003. Um, so, again, big thanks to Steve uh, for taking the time. Um I will be in attendance on April 6th. I will be down there. Um, I'm hopeful to be there in time for the weigh-in, but if not, I will be there for Saturday and, and bring full coverage as best I, as best we can uh, from Saturday on for the fights and get you some uh, interviews and so you can hear from not only Steve, but also from the, the other fighters on the card and see if we have some up-and-coming prospects that you might be seeing on the uh, zone and some of the other stuff that we talked about earlier. <laughs> so um, if you're on Facebook, search us out 12 round news. You'll be able to find us there. Um, Twitter is at 12 round news. You'll spell that out. Um, and now you also can find us on whatever you, wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast, Spotify, um, uh, iTunes. There we go. <laughs> and, uh, and our friends at anchor who help, uh, help me put together this podcast for you every time I do it. Um, so yeah. And now until next time, um, 
you know, before I close, I was getting ready to close there and I'm not quite ready to go yet. You know, I think there's a lot to be said about the opportunity to to fulfill dreams um, whenever you can. I, I think um, Steve mentioned something in the interview that I thought was really um, impactful, having the opportunity to come back and and do something that not a lot of people could do. Um, he mentioned George Foreman as being able to come back and win a world championship later later on in uh, in his career during what people call George's second career as a heavyweight in the 90s. Um, I think it's a really phenomenal thing to pursue. Um, I think Steve should be commended for taking the opportunity to, uh, for taking, not the opportunity, but taking, taking the risk of getting back into the ring and, and, um, going after it one more time and trying to put together something and have the, uh, have one more thing for the record books that people will remember him for, by, you know, remember him for. I mean, this is a guy who fought Andre Berto, fought, um, Oscar De La Hoya, you know, has been in there with the best in the world and is taking one more swing uh, now coming up starting again on April 6th. So um, if you are hearing this podcast, I encourage you that if you can make it over to Clackamas, if you're over here in the Northwest, if I mean, Oregon, Washington, and maybe even I'll even say Northern California. How about that? <laughs> um, if you can make it over, it'll be worth the trip. I think you're going to have a real good time down there. Um, you're going to get to see somebody who is a world-class athlete get after it one more time. Uh, and hopefully for, for Steve, many more times to come afterwards. So, um, And if you're not able to make it over YouTube, um, you're going to be... I think you're in for a fun night on on their uh, YouTube channel through Two Pound Sports and... Uh, yeah, I wanted to just throw that last part in there. Just to, I think it's going to be a real good night, April 6th. So with that, I will now bring this to a close. So until next time, this has been Rick Evans, and I will see you at ringside.